Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 28 of the Showbound Podcast presented by Axel Watches. I'm your host, Michael Raskin, here alongside Ethan Cardwell. Cards, what's going on, man? Not much, bro. Um, same <laughs> as every week. We're just kind of oh, here. here, here <laughs> chilling. And um, honestly, bro, what I've been seeing is we're getting extended to June 2nd for our lockdown, which is uh, just amazing. I had that written down, man. So another couple weeks of no golf, which is just absolutely absurd. Um, I we've been sitting here talking about doing these golf videos with like Fets and Byfield, and we got a couple other. I mean, man, like we can't even golf. We can't even go outside. We're gonna go to jail out here. So <laughs> this Ontario is is insane, and I'm uh, you know, just sitting in the basement here doing the podcast. So it is what it is. Pretty boring, honestly, bro. The um. The thing, the vaccines have been going out better though. Like more people are getting them. I yeah, when can blue. you get yours? Everyone's getting theirs, it seems. Yeah, it seems like they're going fast now. But eighteen plus isn't in my area yet because my area, like Clarington itself, um, which is Curtis and Bowmanville where I live, um, there's only like eight cases a day. Like it's not, it's not a lot at all. Yeah. So I mean they're not prioritizing us over other people. So, I mean, I'm not too worried about it. I don't go anywhere anyway or do anything. So for yeah. me to have to wait and let somebody's grandmother or somebody get the uh, vaccine before me, like absolutely uh, somebody who needs, it's going to need it a lot yeah. more than, more than I am right now. So, yeah, I mean, You're that's so where we're at. Man. It's incredible. Yeah. And just <laughs> the man, man of the people, right? Um, absolutely. Now we got a, a great episode ahead of you guys so we got mason millman on philadelphia flyers prospect playing in the ahl for the lehigh value phantoms former teammate of yours in saginaw cards and we had a long chat with him and uh it was fun man that was a fun interview what do you think of it yeah i mean we're gonna talk about it after but yeah Yeah. things kind of kind of flowed um just it was more like conversation based and i know with me and millie had uh a lot of time together and we spent uh a lot of hours together there in Saginaw and became really good buddies hang out in the summer and stuff like that. And so, yeah, we're, we're tight and just good to see what he's doing. I mean, I talk to him uh, quite often, but yeah, no, it was a, it was a good interview and I'm really excited for the people to listen. And uh, yeah, I, I'm sorry for all the uh, bobbling of words that I, that I kind of <laughs> do in this interview. I mean, I was trying to, trying to just sound too, too good. I think just getting too cute with my words and, like they say, get uh, get over the red line and get pucks deep, and I just wasn't doing that today. Yeah, no, you're you're just a foot short getting those icings called on you. And uh, <laughs> now we want to. I want to mention a couple of people have asked us to do some like playoff predictions and stuff like that. But we'll talk about the North Division playoffs. Those are already set. Um, Toronto versus Montreal, Edmonton versus Winnipeg. Now, before we even mention it, we should say. I mean, we can't not say Connor McDavid reached a hundred point milestone. As we record this, he already has 102. It's just completely insane. I mean, we don't need to get into it too much because everyone already knows and everyone knows like he's literally the best by far. But just congrats to Connor McDavid. Just an insane accomplishment. Yeah, he'll he'll love the congrats from Michael Raskin. Yeah, that one <laughs> that one will hit home over probably like it'll probably be you and then like Wayne for like his list of people that he's like really looking forward to hearing from, you know? Oh, I mean, I, I completely agree. I mean, <laughs> you, you might be lower down on the list, but you're probably on it too, Cards. But, yeah, uh, potentially. Um, yeah, so let's get some playoff predictions. So in the Toronto-Montreal series, I think most people would agree. Toronto, I think they have the upper hand. Me being a Leafs fan, not even biased. Just in, They're a lot better, and you know they beat them a couple times this past week. So I'm going Toronto in that series. What about you? Yeah, I got Toronto in five. 
Oh yeah, we should go games. I'm gonna I'm gonna go uh yeah, Toronto in five as well. But you know what? Do we know if Carey Price is coming back or is he done? I don't know, man. Because he can know. literally change everything if he's Yeah, that is know. a game changer. Anyway, um Edmonton versus Winnipeg. Now this one's a lot more interesting because Winnipeg was the hot team to start and they've just been falling off as of late, and Edmonton's on a on a tear. And if McDavid keeps playing the way he's playing, like it's gonna be hard to st- stop really so i'm gonna go edmonton in six okay i i like that call you know what like winnipeg is a good team they have such a good core uh ealers out for the year hurts a lot um nasty player i think if they were smart they would have got fets up at the start of the year and had him prepped for playoffs but uh you know what we might just be a little showbound bias here but uh no i think yeah edmonton they're due for a little bit of a playoff run. They've kind of like McDavid hasn't really been able to show himself yet in the playoffs. They've never went on a deep run with him. Um, I don't think they're going to get past the Leafs. And I know we're going to talk about that next, but uh, yeah, I think, I think them in five or six, just they've looked too good. They've dominated Winnipeg as of late and uh, yeah, McDavid and Dreisaitl are unstoppable right now. Yeah. I mean, in that potential Toronto versus Edmonton matchup, the, the big question for me is like, how far can one line really carry a team? You look at the box scores lately and McDavid's getting four points when they win four, three. And it's like in the playoffs, I don't know if that one line is really enough to get it done. So I'd have to go Toronto in that series. Toronto's got the depth scoring. Uh, Freddie Anderson's coming back. If he's on, like they got the two, two, a goaltenders really. So I'd go Leafs in that one. And do you agree cards? Yeah, actually, another showbound bump for Fetz. We're kind of just throwing him in again. He sniped on uh, Freddie Anderson the other day. He blew one by him in the A and then just undressed him in a shootout. So credit <laughs> to Fetz. Those are some sick mitts. I know I sent out a tweet. I just said, like, Cole Perfetti has nice hands. Just straight up, that was my tweet on Twitter. And it's true. This guy is just silky, and he shows it every night and just undressing one of the, arguably a top 10 goalie in the NHL. So... But my prediction, if that's the series, I'm going Leafs in seven. I'm giving Edmonton uh, a little bit of credit. So I think Leafs will go to seven, but Edmonton, uh, will, they'll push them to the brink, but the Leafs will come out on top. Rask, w- what are you doing over there, man? Breaking news. This important PSA is brought to you by Manscaped.com. This is your pubic service announcement and the news you've all been waiting for. The Manscaped engineering team has confirmed that they have successfully created the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, which is now available for purchase in the USA and Canada. This new trimmer was just released moments ago, and we were one of the first to get our hands on it and share the news. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code SHOWBOUND at manscaped.com. Now, I'm one of the first people to try the new. 4.0 and I'm blown away by the performance. The craftsmanship and details on the 4.0 are next level. Their advanced ceramic blade and skin safe technology is so good that it almost seems as if Manscaped work with Elon Musk's engineers to ensure your testes are as safe as possible. Now I actually have mine right here. Look at the package it came in too. A little touch of gold. Can't get yeah. with that, but this thing looks like they say Elon Musk. It really does look like a spaceship, dude. The, the lines on this thing and pretty incredible looking and now you got yours two cards what do you think 
Yeah, man. Like, got that. Musker told me to get in Dogecoin too. So I'm on that and I'm on the Manscaped. Like, I, I'm in great shape right now. Just put 100 Gs into, into Dogecoin and definitely going to put some into Manscaped too. No, all jokes aside, but no, loving the Manscaped, dude. And from our last set, like the nose trimmers too. I'm just like, my breathing's better. You can't, I just, you can't go wrong with Manscaped. So everyone just should get it. It's plain and simple. Yeah, this thing is incredible. And I do want to say, like, what makes this trimmer different than all the other trimmers? A new multi-function on-off switch can engage a travel lock created for people who like to travel. The Lawnmower 4.0 gives you the ability to turn the 4000K LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. The new trimmer even allows you to customize your trim all over through additional guard lengths with sizes 1 to 4. And looks-wise, it's sleek with a two-tone matte and gloss finish even features a hot foil stamped black chrome manscaped logo. Come on, show that mower off loud and proud. The optimized lawnmower 4.0 trimmer is waterproof so you can groom in the shower and not have to worry about making a mess on the bathroom floor. Did I mention wireless charging? The lawnmower 4.0's new wireless charging system uses electromagnetic induction, which can help your battery length last longer. If you're still trimming your face with your ball trimmer, it's time to make some changes. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code SHOWBOUND at manscaped.com. No person wants to end up with pubes in their mouth, and your balls will thank you. Once again, that's 20% off and free shipping with the code SHOWBOUND at manscaped.com. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. That was a, I haven't read that read yet, so I just nailed it on the fly. But actually, I, just going back reading that, dude, this trimmer is actually insane like when you think about they're changing the grooming game these guys are like mcdavid of the grooming game <laughs> they, they're in a league of their own as they'd say i mean it's it's actually nasty too and i know i've gotten a bunch of people on it too and a bunch of people just ordering now so like super pumped to see what they have to say like everyone i know who has it is just like wow and like the crop preserver and everything that goes along with it top of the line it's like I don't know. It's it's like playing for the Leafs. You're just in one of the best organizations in the league. Like you, you just can't beat it. So everyone, go get go get your Manscaped while you can, um, and go get your Dogecoin. Um, but yeah, free, free Doge. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I guess you can fire it over. Yeah, I mean, we'll send it over to Mason Millman now. It was a great chat, and yeah, we'll flip it over to Millie. All right, Millie, welcome to the pod. Super happy to have you on. Thanks for having me, fellas. All right, and uh, for the listeners here, we're joined by uh, Mason Millman, currently with the Lehigh Valley Phantoms in the AHL, and uh, was recently on the taxi squad with the Philadelphia Flyers. So uh, you're just finishing up your first year in the AHL. Um, just give us a little brief update. I know we'll get into it uh, a bit more later, but uh, how's things going, first year pro? Yeah, you know, it's good. It's a lot different from junior. Um playing against guys and having guys on your team who go home every night to three, four kids. So it's definitely, definitely a maturity check for sure. Um, you know, guys are a lot stronger. Guys are a lot more physical. Uh, guys seem to really care more because they're playing for their children and playing for their families versus trying to chase a dream. So the want is a lot more there, I think, for guys versus juniors, more kids chasing a dream. So you definitely, you definitely work every day, day in and day out for sure. Yeah, I know. Uh, I know you needed a maturity check, um, as I saw you in junior. Both of us, kind of. Um, but uh, you got a, you got a roommate where you're living, or just on your own? Yeah. So I started off the year living with uh, Isaac Ratcliffe, who played in Guelph, um, another London boy. But uh, 
he moved rooms and I now room with uh, Cam York, who should be coming back within the next half an hour or so. So you might get to see him, but he was just up playing with Philly and uh, did pretty well in his two game debut. Yeah, I know he's a great player and uh, maybe a potential guest on the pod, Rask, who knows. But yeah. um, no, who, how about you, Millie? Like you've been doing cooking or uh, Yorkie or uh, Radcliffe do it for you? What's What's been the deal there? So Raddy's Raddy's a big cook, so it was nice when I lived with him. I'd just pick up steaks and he'd make them. But Yorkie's Yorkie's not much of a chef, so I gotta kind of kick in my cooking skills. So we definitely we eat a lot of pasta for sure. I know we've heard a lot or uh, ask about Uber Eats and stuff. How much uh, how much of the money you're making is going to that? Pretty pretty good amount, I'd say. <laughs> I mean, I think York Yorkie's a bit worse than me, but no, I think. Uh, Uber Eats is definitely, definitely a big part of my paychecks. And honestly, Rask, you know what I was thinking the other day? Uber Eats must just be making a killing from uh, from all the young kids being in the A this year, just because this year, just like all the kids yeah. moving out, not having a clue what they're doing. So maybe they need to uh, get an Uber Eats code or something for yeah, like get a slash slash AHL under twenty one. The boys get like a little that. discount or something. Get but, the Uber uh, Eats logo on the helmet ads. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll get into the A a bit more uh, in a bit, but Rask, you got some minor hockey stuff you want to talk about, right? Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll take it back, but before we kind of bring it back, I just want to touch on since Cardi brought it up, just your time on the taxi squad. I don't want to brush over it, but can you just take us through kind of what the life is like as a taxi squad member in the NHL? Yeah, um, so I I went up and I was in a hotel in Boris where their practice rink is, so. I, uh, you go in a bit earlier than the actual team does and you have breakfast and stuff like that. And breakfast is all out for you. And, you know, like beforehand, you kind of warm up and you stretch with all the guys on the actual team and stuff. But then when it comes to practice, like they'll go to the one rink and practice and the taxi squad guys, there's like five of us that just skate on our own with the skills coaches. And we just kind of do our own thing. And then you all work out together afterwards. So the only thing that you're really not doing with them is actually playing in the games and practicing with them. Other than that, you're around the rink with them, you're hanging out with them. So it's not, it's not much of a difference from the team. You're just not really playing with them, but you're still hanging out with all the guys and stuff like that. Are the guys kind of like treating you like you're on the team or is it a little like, don't talk to me type of thing? No, the guys are great. Like, no, nobody really puts himself on a pedestal at all. Um, You know, all the guys are there for the same reason and, everyone there is a good hockey player and they're all there for a reason. So everyone pretty much treats each other like themselves. I know like the first day I was there cards, me and lots were talking about like his time back with Laz and when Laz coached him way back in minor hockey and just kind of mm-hmm. sharing stories about when he was our coaches and stuff like that. You know what? Like lots of the guy who probably doesn't need to talk to me at all, but like still just mess around with me and shared some stories. So it's definitely, it's, it's cool how, they don't put themselves on pedestals at all, even though they probably could. Yeah, no, and it's uh, it's good for you to learn because uh, I know you put yourself on a pedestal and sag there and just treated everyone like garbage. So, oh um, my God. <laughs> no, no, I'm just playing around, but no, that's actually sweet. And I know we were talking about it and you just said like the lifestyle and stuff, and I'm sure the bank account wasn't hurting after a few days there, a little extra dough. You, you make any cool, I know you wanted to spend, and I know we'll talk about it more about your bonus and whatnot, but uh it's not extra money though, is it? Isn't he making? So you make this year because of the COVID year, we're making half of what our normal paycheck is. 
And then when you go up to the taxi squad, you make your full A salary. So you're basically making double while you're there of what you do. Okay. So so that was a little treat for a few days. A little you get you get extra Uber Eats those days. <laughs> He's getting side um, dishes with his food. <laughs> yeah, he gets a, he gets a side of mash and a Caesar salad before it was just straight chicken fingers. Yeah. Um Anyway, we'll, uh, yeah, we'll kind of catch back up to where you are now. But like Kazi said, we'll bring it back. And uh, I just want to talk about your minor hockey days. You grew up in London, played for the London Junior Knights with friend of the show, Ryan Suzuki. And uh, just how was that experience being in, you know, like one of the top teams in the Alliance every year, you know, London Junior Knights, just a great organization. So what was your minor hockey experience like there? Yeah, you know, it's a blast. I mean, I think we lost only like 11 games throughout like seven years of minor hockey. So... It was, it was pretty fun being able to show up to the rink and just kind of mess around with all your childhood buddies and stuff and just like go out and win every game. Uh, you know, we had a, we had a pretty solid team. I think we had every single one of our forwards were drafted to the O that year. So it made it easy in the back end when you could give up five goals a game and I could be dash five, but we still scored 13. So, I mean, it made, it made my life a lot easier, but no, we, we definitely had a blast. We had a good group of guys. Um, I think really made like four changes through the seven years. And, you know, a couple of those guys are now my buddies still to like to this day. So it was a blast. We all still stay connected and all hang out. We usually once a summer do uh, like a junior nights golf tournament and stuff. And like we haven't played together since we were 14 15 so the fact that four years later we're still going out doing golf stuff together and guys still hang out and stuff it's pretty cool we have a pretty special team yeah that's that's kind of like the dream of minor hockey i mean so many guys play with different people year to year and to have a group like that growing up together that really is cool and it is a dream especially when you're kind of the top team as well but i mean being in london did you go to a lot of london nights ohl games when you're growing up oh yeah for sure i uh growing up so this, this will tell you a lot about me. My favorite player on the Knights growing up was Steve Mason because his last name was the same as my first name. So I'd, <laughs> every game, I'd wear a Mason jersey to the to the Junior Knights or the Junior Knights, so the London Knights games. And so my first ever favorite player was a goalie, believe it or not. So Interesting. No, I, I grew up going to a lot of those games, and it's a pretty cool atmosphere to grow up around and kind of experience junior in for sure. So growing up around the London Knights, was the OHL kind of always your dream? You never really thought college at all? Yeah, I think, you know what, I think growing up in London, I mean, London's one of the top organizations in the OHL. And to grow up around that, kind of see that atmosphere every night and see how passionate the fans are and just living around it. And, you know, when I'm in elementary school, like in grade seven, and everyone's running up to me asking, are you going to the night scheme? Are you going to the night scheme? Like, it's, it's a pretty, pretty cool atmosphere that makes you just want to drive there and get there. So. I think the OHL was kind of always my main goal to get to. But after after my draft year in the OHL, I think school kind of became a thing to look at. I mean, I didn't I didn't go high by any means in the OHL draft. So I think school kind of came into the picture a bit. But then uh, a Wednesday night, I got a call from Trent Glass to go play in the Sioux. So kind of never looked back there. Yeah, how could you turn down a Wednesday night in the Sioux? um gfl gardens there bosin um but no this this kind of you just touched on it um millie wasn't a high pick at all and that's kind of a lot of people wouldn't realize that if they just kind of took a glance now signed to an elc playing in the ahl this year but seventh rounder to the ohl actually to saginaw 
and uh, we'll just kind of go over your draft day. What was that day like for you? Were uh, were you kind of expecting to go in that range, or how'd things go, and uh, how, how'd you get the news? No, so I uh, in the OHL draft, I had no idea. I mean, you know what? I played on a powerhouse team who scored twenty goals a game, but um, I think I only had like thirteen points in minor midget. Like I wasn't the best defenseman on our team by any means, so. I think, you know what, like for me, it was just kind of something where I was just hoping to get drafted and I thought that'd be really cool and stuff like that. So I remember draft day, like Zoop went first overall as typical Zoop fashion. So, um, you know, I was kind of supporting him and I had like five or six other buddies who went in the top five rounds. So just kind of supporting them and happy for them. And then I remember uh, I was just kind of sitting there and all of a sudden my mom jumped up and I was like, I didn't know what was going on. I'm like, like, what are you, what are you doing? And then my phone started blowing up. Like all the guys text me congratulating me. And so like, cause the OHL was on the computer, like my computer was lagged behind. And I didn't even know. So <laughs> I got a bunch of texts from like all the guys like saying, congrats, man, congrats. So it was either Flint or SAG, one, one of the two powerhouses. So <laughs> I, I kind of just sat there for a second, like my heart sunk to like my stomach. And then I saw myself, get picked at 124 or something like that or whatever it was and then it was just kind of exciting in the moment because I didn't really know if I was going to get drafted or not and then you know what I got a couple calls and I was pretty pumped up and pretty excited for sure yeah when you got drafted like when when I got drafted by SAG I know like G called me after the draft and I talked about it last episode I think but did anybody call you like other than like I'm sure uh who was the coach Smitty? Was it Smitty at the time or uh, drinks or any of the players give you a shout? Yeah. So my, my draft, he would have been when carbs was there still. Oh yeah. So carbs, carbs, you know, coaches in Hershey who I play against all the time. He was there when I got drafted. So drinks and carbs called me, but other than that, nobody, I was nobody to them. <laughs> I, I wasn't, I wasn't a priority to them back then. I guess at the time. And then, and then you kind of just made the name for yourself and, uh, the first step towards that was the Goge. And, and I know oh, Rask yeah. wants to touch on that a bit because you just tore that league apart as a rookie. Yeah, well, I do want to mention, like the, my biggest question of that was, I mean, first I'll mention you were the top defenseman in the Goge HL as a rookie, top rookie defenseman, sorry. Um, but how did that year, that first year junior help you adjust to the OHL? Like, can you talk about maybe the step it helped you take? Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I think just playing against the older guys aspect, you know, I'd never done that in my life. And so to go in and play against a couple 20 year olds was definitely a real eye opener for me. Um, you know, I was lucky enough. I had three of my junior nights buddies, all three of us went to St. Thomas because I, uh, I got cut from London when I tried out for them. So <laughs> I actually got cut from my home junior B team no and ended up in St. Thomas. And you know what, like it was something where we had a great group of guys, um, you know, most of them were Western guys. So all of them kind of lived around me back home in London. So we were all pretty tight and did a lot of stuff together. So it was, it was a great group of guys and it was a really good learning experience. I think just seeing how the age factor has a big role and where you kind of need to be. So I think training wise, it kind of changed my aspect, my outlook on what I need to do and how I need to play for sure. You have any like funny junior B kind of stories or memories you want to bring up or anything you you see on the ice that like wouldn't really fly in the O so yeah I, I have a couple first one is not funny but so every every intermission 
in St. Thomas, we were sponsored by Wendy's. So they had these little squared metal pucks and a player would always go out and shoot from the other end of the ice and try and hit one of those little small things to win like a free Wendy's burger. So no one hit it for like the first three, four games of the year. And I was a little pigeon. So I never got to go. And then one time someone's like, like, I don't want to go. You go. I went out, I hit it. They're like, Hey, we got to go again. I hit up five games in a row. <laughs> so for five, for five games, I had three Wendy's meals on my way to the rink, but no, uh, it's not the bad other, at all. No, the other one was, so we had a kid from Toronto. His name was Christian Clark. And uh, Clark and his brothers were all really big lacrosse players. So they were all really, really tough kids. And um, I remember in one of our games against Leamington, because we had cages on, you weren't allowed to intentionally take your helmet off, right? Like if you fought a guy, it was basically whoever ripped the other guy's helmet off first got to beat the other kid to shreds. So I remember Clarky and this other top guy both line up at center ice, start of a game. Ref drops a puck. We start playing. Clarky and this kid go over to each other, and they both, he puts his head out. The kid undoes his helmet, takes his helmet off. The other kid puts his head out. Clarky takes his helmet off. <laughs> they go to fight. The refs jump in and, um, like, say, like, no, 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 like, that can't happen. You intentionally took each other's helmet off. Suspended both of them for two games. When Clarky was skating to the box, he punched the glass as hard as he could with his hand and broke the glass. Oh my he was god! That he didn't get to fight. He shattered that, his knuckle and broke the glass. That's nails. Skated off the ice. Oh, he's a psychopath. He's a psychopath. He was a beauty, though. That's that's goge killer stuff right there. Oh, like yeah. back in the day, like if you put that guy in the league, you'd just be murdering people oh, in the yeah. white shot. <laughs> You're really too, man. I, I can only imagine you two on the bench, just like chin strap done up as tight as you can, neck guard fully up, just like scared shitless. <laughs> I had nasty hang, buddy. I had nasty hang. <laughs> what was your reaction, though, when this guy shatters the glass with his knuckle? I was like, what's going on? Like, I was so confused. Like, I was like one of the first times I've ever seen someone, like, try and fight. Like, he tried to fight all the time. But, like, I didn't understand why he was so mad. Like, I'm like, what? Like, why are you so mad? And then, like, finally clicked into my head though there's a couple guys throughout your pro career and stuff like that and junior careers that just are missing a few screws and uh him him and his brothers definitely they uh they got a few screws loose in their head for sure (laughs) um so yeah that that's actually hilarious um and i want to i want to kind of just follow that year obviously as ross said uh rookie defenseman of the year in the goge so and you got a taste of SAG, which you mentioned, getting the call from drinks and stuff. But your first full year in SAG, um, when I was fortunate enough to meet you. Um, so it was also your draft year. And uh, you ended up with 25 points in 66 games as a young defenseman. Great numbers. A good skating defenseman. I can remember you got your first first OHL goal in the first game of the season against the Sioux, right? It was a, wasn't it a clap bomb from the point? Yeah, I kind of panicked at the end of a period closed my eyes and swung as hard as I could and it ended up in the net yeah I can remember that one so um yeah you want to just talk about that year a little bit I mean you as I just said draft year what were your expectations going into the draft and then we'll just kind of touch on the deep playoff run yeah so like going into SAG like that was my main goal is just to make that team like I hadn't even thought about it being my draft year or anything like that and so you know, I kind of went into my first game and I was nervous and worried about playing in the OHL. I wasn't even thinking about NHL scouts or anything like that. And I think I had 
two points in my first game. And I remember I came off the ice and I was pretty happy with myself. Like, nice. Like, I'm going to secure myself, like, in the lineup here. Like, just play, like, a 6D role kind of thing. And then I remember uh, Drinks came and grabbed me and he goes, hey, like, someone's here to see you. And I'm like, that's weird. Like, my family's outside. Like, I know they're here, but who else is here to see me? Walked into Drinks' office and there's a guy sitting there with uh, a black pea coat on wearing a St. Louis logo. I'm like, I must be in the wrong room or something here. Like, why, <laughs> why is this guy in here anyways? So that's when I had my first interview with an NHL team. And so I remember walking out of the rink, like that night I was walking out of the rink to my car and I had my first gold puck in a St. Louis business card in my hand. I was like, like, you know, this is pretty surreal right now. Like I never even expected this. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of, that was kind of when I was like, wait a second here. Like, this is my draft. You're like, I'm going to try and make an impact on this team. Yeah. And then obviously you did make an impact. And uh, when we went on that deep playoff run, for those who don't know you, what'd you do? You, uh, did you break your collarbone? No, I separated my AC joint. Okay. But it was bad, like really bad. And you you were out for a while. So you spent, uh, spent some quality time with me in the press box and you know we were just up to our normal uh tomfoolery but uh you want to just talk about that playoff run and how kind of cool it was in your first full year and then obviously it evidently like it helped your draft stock as you had a great playoffs when you were in yeah no definitely i mean we we were pretty loaded that year um you know it's pretty it's pretty easy i gotta give some credit and credits too like when you have guys like Owen Tippett, Ryan McLeod, Bodie Wild, like guys like that, and you can, you know, pass a puck to Owen Tippett coming through the middle of the ice in your own end, and I'm standing against my own boards behind my net, and he can go all the way down the ice and score. I mean, those those apples help get you noticed at a number standpoint, but like when you have a guy like that with the puck, like I mean, it's it's pretty crazy when you got that kind of help. So I mean, for your first playoff run, no one no one really made it any any better but i mean we had we had a pretty loaded team there we got ivan in that and then i had young fetters up front and yeah. uh some other some other pretty talented players for sure yeah and uh yeah i mean that pretty much does i know the fans have heard about that playoff run so many times and yeah. it's just because we're so fortunate enough to like kind of just have so many good players that i i got to play with there and uh kind of talk about their career and that's something just kind of a staple in, in a lot of the players careers and uh something that was really enjoyable but i know we got a lot of stuff on uh on the nhl draft so i'll kind of flip it over to rask because at the end of that season that's what was coming up in uh in the early summer for you yeah and like you said cards um millie you kind of played your way up in the playoffs to improve your draft stock but i'm just curious and i know the listeners might be curious too before we even talk about that what kind of like can you just describe your play style uh like are you like a you're not an offensive defenseman per se are you he's absolutely trying to rip you i guess like he I hasn't know, he hasn't I've, watched the game tape this guy's spitting on i haven't me. seen no, you play no i'd i'd say i'm probably a good two-way d man i mean you know what i i know when to jump up hey i was plus 40 something both years in the O. And well, I yeah, you got you got to play on here. playing on loaded teams. Don't kid yourself. You just that mentioned it. But dash, no dash 13 at the start of last year after three games, I think I finished plus 47. <laughs> oh, that's the best story ever, too. Can uh can you just uh inform everybody about your about your first game where we played yeah, in Kitchener so last year? Last year in Kitchener. <laughs> 
Um, first game of the season, I uh, I get to start the game because I was the man. So, well, start- let's put it into context here. So, Millie's coming back from his first show camp. Millie thinks he's the man. Millie's telling everyone on the bus he's going to have three snipes tonight. <laughs> like, it's he's going to light it up. Oh, so, then that's, continue. That's a lie. But so, I start the game. And you know what? Like, line up the face off, whatever. They snap the puck back. Their demon goes to dump it in. Lenny goes behind the net and it hits a stanchion and, or hits a ref and goes in the net. Ten seconds into the year, I'm dash one. I'm like, are you kidding me? They call it off. I'm like, oh, my God, man. Anyways, we lost four, four three in overtime, and I was dash four that game. So that was a good start. And then we played Sarnia the next game and won – I think we won six, three and I was dash three. So I was dash seven in the first two games. And then we got smoked by someone. And I was like dash five, we played Ottawa, but Ottawa and lost eight one. And I was dash five. So I was dash 13 after the first three games of the year. I had guys from Flint in my ear asking me if I was, it was Durham. Jake Durham's asked me if I was going for the green jacket. Guys telling me I should be at the masters, all sorts of different stuff. Just everyone was in my ear. And then we ended up just turning it on and, I got lucky enough to be on for a few goals. So, and and Lazzy Boy gave you a hard time after that Kitsch game. I remember. Yeah, that. after the Kitsch game, Laz uh, Laz brought me in and definitely gave me an earful. <laughs> not even not even earful. I don't even think he was mad. I just think he didn't even know what I was doing. Like he genuinely, like when I went in there and sat down, he was asked me, "So, like, what are you doing?" I was just like, I, I don't know, man. I don't even know what I'm doing. Was it your fault though, or did you just happen to be on? Nah. I think some of them are my fault for sure. <laughs> a few, okay. a few of them in kids were hilarious though. Like I was actually, it was actually laughable. Um, after the fact, like when we're like, well, now that we can talk about it and how cocky Millie was coming back, and then I was but, even cocky, man. Like I just, I was fired up for the season. I was pumped to be in my draft plus one, play a good year, hopefully show up, and then that started my year, and I was like, oh my god, man. You're like, you're like in your head, you're like, I can kiss this contract goodbye. If this <laughs> well, okay. Let's talk about the draft a bit. So, I mean, uh, you end up being drafted in the fourth round by the Philadelphia Flyers. Can you just take us through your, your kind of draft day experience, two days and, and the moment you were picked, how that went down? Yeah. So we were, we were in Vancouver uh, for our draft. And I remember um, Zook and I, like our families went together down there. And so Zook was, pretty much locked in the first round and so the first day we went there just kind of to be with him and support him so I sat like a row back behind him and got to watch him get drafted which was pretty cool and pretty special to see him walk across stage especially someone you know who I've known since I was seven years old so that was a pretty cool aspect and I remember the second day it started uh the draft started at like noon or something like that and um I didn't really know where I was going or if I was even going. Um, but then I remember, and I said this to my mom, when Philly was up to pick there, I remember looking down at the table, like I looked at everyone's table just to see what guys were talking about and stuff. And I remember the OHL's head scout for Philly, everyone was looking at him. Like everyone was staring at him, talking to him, and he kind of looked like, like he had all eyes on him. And I was just like, wait a second, like this guy's going to pick someone from the O in about half a second. And I remember just sitting there and then I heard like from OHL the saying, no spirit. And it was either me or Porks. And then they called my name. So it was pretty, 
pretty cool and pretty special to hear that. So I ended up getting to go down there and meet everyone. And I did some media. And then I remember I went up to like the Philly media person, grabbed me and was like, hey, like we have a box upstairs for you and your family with lots of food where everyone is. So I went up there and met everyone. And I remember uh, the coordinator girl for Philadelphia came up to me and she's like, hey, like you have a flight in two hours to Philly. Like you got to go back and pack. So I was literally, I literally took like photos of my family and I think I ate one plate of nachos and then had to head back and grab a taxi and was on a flight on my own to Philly for development camp. That That's crazy. It's, it's nuts how fast they do that turnaround. I mean, I imagine your agent told you like bring your skates and stuff, right? Nope. Oh no. I had, I had nothing. So I had nothing with me. So I had all new equipment at development camp except for my skates because um Ratcliffe luckily was already drafted to Philly and he was still in London he was leaving the next day so I called him and said hey like if I give you like my garage code my house code can you go into my house and get my skates for me at least and he's like yeah for sure so Ratty ended up grabbing my skates for me so at least I had my skates there but everything else that I wore was all brand new equipment Okay. Wow. Interesting. So how did that dev camp go for you? Uh, I mean, with the new equipment, was it, was it a challenge, but like what kinds of things did you learn as well? Yeah. Um, I mean, I felt like a robot the first couple of days, but it was, it was definitely a cool experience. I mean, all the younger guys, like I know Frosty was there, Ratty's there, Bunny was there, like a bunch of the younger guys who I'm out like buddies with and stuff. Like they were all there and it was kind of just a fun couple of weeks to kind of just meet everyone and, skate and mess around with everyone and i remember uh we did this three-on-three tournament for the trophy it was like a trophy every year development camp and if your team wins it you get your name put on it so uh luckily enough i got carried all the way to the finals by a couple guys and um, our game went to overtime and i ended up getting the overtime winner for the cup so that was that was pretty cool yeah, yeah, and just a quick plug for millie's insta uh if you want to see that photo it's on his instagram fim hoist in the cup uh okay. Oh, uh, I, yeah, I, I remember that because I was like, oh, my God, look at this guy. Big, yeah. big wheel now. I think I, I think I tagged the Stanley Cup in it, too. <laughs> That's awesome. And um, so kind of just like Card said, you know, you go into that season. I won't say cocky because I don't know, but I mean, you definitely have some confidence coming back from the draft. Like, what was your off season like kind of heading into that next season? Did you do anything different to prepare? I mean, just really focusing on getting – bigger and stronger I think you know that's kind of the big step to the next level um I I was a pretty good skater I kind of rely on my mobility but the whole strength aspect like I said like when you're looking to play at a higher level and you know I'm battling cards in a corner I push them around for fun and practice every day like it's all jokes until I have to go battle someone that's 35 years old that's fighting for <laughs> two kids this guy's out of his mind. I'd love to see you back as an OA just, just because I want to run you through the wall now. <laughs> but no, um, at following that year, like you go back into now what like would be your full second year um, in SAG. And uh, the, we obviously, I was there at the start of the season and this kind of just goes to Rask's point where he's spitting on you about 44 points in 58 games as a, uh, as a defenseman. So pretty offensive. And I, I know Millie's got great wheels and uh, that's kind of what a lot of goals came off walking the line or leading the rush, whatnot kind of stuff's like that. So how, how'd you find this year went for you? Like, I guess two years ago now. Yeah. Um, you know, it was 
again, another year where we were fortunate enough to be pretty loaded. Um, so I think just as you get older, you get more confidence and more capability and more leeway with coaching staff and stuff. So I think just with more opportunity and stuff like that, uh, you kind of prosper more and, you know, you kind of take more risks than you would in your first year when your first year, you're just trying to stay in the lineup versus now you're trying to impress a team that's looking at you. So, I mean, kind of take a bit more risk and try and make some nicer plays versus when you play the safe route before. So basically just keep the puck away from the cards and give it to the better players. <laughs> yeah. Whatever, whatever it takes to keep it off the right side and away from my hands. Uh, and then, and then you, then you, I want, I want, uh, I want fishbowl cards back. That kid was lethal. I was I was nasty when I had the fishbowl. Um, I mean, seven once, rips, no apples. Once once I took the fishbowl off, it was over for me and just. <laughs> but uh, no, we got we got noted here in the script. Just like any stories from SAG, I mean, we could be here for days and days um, talking about stories. But I mean, like, I know uh, I got one funny one actually, and uh, we might have to get a picture of Millie wearing these things for the for the Insta, but. One day Millie showed up at the rink and he bought what was what was the website that you loved to used to buy fake stuff off? No, I only ever can. I only ever use it once. I'll actually go grab them. I have them in my closet. Okay. So I got these shoes off a website. <laughs> Damn. Gucci. <laughs> Made in Italy. Gucci. Real Gucci, they say. They cost me four thousand dollars. <laughs> No, Millie got those for about 80 bucks, right? Well, how much yeah, were they? I think I got them for like 60 bucks off the website. And so those are kind of my slippers that I wear around. I can <laughs> remember though, Millie shows up the first day. He actually wears them to a game. This guy shows up. like I, in, I wore them in a suit. In all seriousness, he's showing up with fur coming out of his boots. There's there's $60 that he's faking to wear Gucci shoes. We're like, Millie, relax. And he, he, and he, got, a bunch, he got ripped a bit about them, but they were hilarious, man. I love the weirdest part about that was uh, we had a fan tour that night. And remember that uh, that girl DM'd me a picture of my shoes and said, I like your shoes. <laughs> yeah, it was like, one of the creepiest things I've ever gotten. A legitimate compliment. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> People are all over them. You say, yeah, no, I got them for 60 bucks. Go get yourself a pair too. But uh, I ca- actually, another one, I, it came up in my memories the other day um, on Snap because it was just like, I don't even know why. Maybe I was going through or something, but uh, we didn't have like much to do. So like Millie, we, we'd always go to like, what was that place called? Culver's. We'd always be at Culver's mucking ice creams. Uh, we'd always go to the movies, just hang out. Like there would be nothing really to do. So um, one night we were at uh, Kroger, I think. We picked up like five bottles, five two liter bottles of Coke. And I got this video of me and Millie, we were just messing around. So we were throwing these bottles of Coke, shaking them up and throwing them and they'd go flying in the air and Millie tosses one up and it went like legit, probably a hundred feet in the air. This bottle of Coke, it was sick. It just skyrocketed up and that was pretty cool. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll throw that one in a clip because it was actually a good video and some, some good science physics for, for the folks listening and watching. Just, just school guys. We'll yeah, throw no. it on the TikTok. That stuff yeah. goes, gets like a million views. Those ones. Yeah, we'll throw we'll throw that on the TikTok. Maybe Millie makes us go viral again. But uh, yeah, no, talking about school, guys, Millie. I know, I know. Um, you didn't do too much. You're a smart kid, though. Obviously, all your shit was done and stuff. But like, there wasn't much school going on when you were there. You'd be messing around trying to make rap songs, didn't you? 
Yeah, I mean, I always had a fun time at school. Um, I did well at school, and you know, when I put myself towards school, I always did really well. So I think when you know I was done my stuff, and there's a couple other guys like Bruce and stuff who struggled with school and needed to really dial into school and spend the full three hours on their work. I think when I started messing around and I got them going, I think uh, I think they got a bit distracted. And then I think Tuzo wasn't always the happiest with us. And then, I mean, we had Lenny in the back who was just yelling and had nuts all the time. So he was, he was, always, he, was always, he was always freaking out and yelling stuff and playing music through his headphones at a buck 10. So yeah, no, no, we, I, we, we had fun at Heritage. Heritage was, uh, it was, it was a fun school. A couple, couple good stories from there for sure. Yeah. Heritage high school definitely remembers the boys. Uh, get a little rowdy there in Tuzo's class sometimes, but uh, right. hey, we, we had a good time and our work got done. So that's all that matters. All of us graduated. <laughs> Zook teed me up for one from Saginaw where, he, he wanted me to ask you about the time when he got traded from Barry to Saginaw. Zook says he got a FaceTime from Dave Drinkle and you were on the phone. What, what was that? Yeah, so um, trade deadline kind of came around. You know what, Zook and I have been talking a lot. And I know Barry wasn't doing too well that year and Zook, uh, Zook was still doing pretty good. And I remember going to drinks and just going, hey, like, like I know for a fact Zook would come here. Like, all you got to do is call Barry and say, hey, like, we want them and they'll get rid of them. So I remember I, uh, I talked to drinks. I kind of messed around just joking with it, the drinks. Like I'd walk, just walk by his office and go, you get Zook yet? And he'd just kind of laugh and I'd keep walking and stuff like that. And I remember the one day I walk in and he goes, did you hear I got Zook? And I just kind of laughed. He's like, no, like I'm serious. Like we just got Zook. And so I called Zook right away and Laz, Laz walks over to me. He goes, give me your phone. <laughs> takes my phone right on my hand and so Zook answers and he goes hello and he like just thinks it's me so he's not looking and last goes what's up pigeon and so Zook starts killing himself laughing and stuff and I know Laz was pretty fired up and drinks was pretty fired up but came came at a cost that's for sure <laughs> a tough day for the boys yeah, that, that's funny yeah. though you engineered the trade eh? you, you got a maybe a career as a GM ahead of you that's that's what I said to drinks I said my hockey career is over I got a Gotta get hired there. Yeah, yeah Millie got the trade done, but Seward me got me out of there. But it, <laughs> we gotta it get ended, rid of this Cardwell kid. Yeah. <laughs> it ended up working out better for me anyway, so I, I'm not complaining. But uh, that was actually funny too because I remember me and Millie were driving around one night in, uh, in Millie's Jeep. I think he was showing me these sick lights he got in his car, and he was all fired up about those. So uh, we're driving around, and we called Zooks, and uh, we we're on the phone with him, and uh, we're both like, "Yeah, man, you should come to SAG." and funny enough like i'm the one leaving when uh, when he's coming and i'm the one telling him yeah yeah you gotta come to sag <laughs> i remember i remember that because the summer prior um we went to a music festival called boots and hearts and that's kind of when like you know like a bunch of us like washer from mississauga and stuff like that and jetter um, jetter like who we all know and stuff who's plays for barry zook and i played against him growing up like we're all buddies he stayed at my house a couple times and so like all of us kind of hung out at that festival and so like me uh tom or like all those guys like we all became close buddies because we spent four days together just country music and hanging out and stuff so cards knew zook pretty well and that's why it was kind of tough because like cards wanted zook to come too and then when Zook found out cards was going the other way. Like he was pretty pissed off too because 
few obviously new cards and wanted cards to be there and stuff. So yeah, it was it was a bittersweet day, that's for sure. Yeah, bittersweet on both ends because I saw Zooks actually halfway because we had to somebody like they have to follow you when you get traded like the yeah. assistant GM. So we met up and I was like, ah, oh, shit, bro, like sucks we're going separate ways, yeah. but uh, best of luck with the boys, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then I met you, Cards, that same night in London. Yeah, a blessing in hey, disguise. Cards, how about uh, Rhodesy? Yeah, he might be living with uh, my buddies from back home next year. Really? Where? Yeah. Waterloo. Oh, what's at you, Waterloo or Laurier? Laurier. Okay. Not bad. <laughs> yeah, you might live with them. Small world. Are we breaking a recruit announcement? Yeah, Maybe. a small one. Maybe. Is he playing <laughs> hockey there? I have no idea. <laughs> Whatever. Anyway, um, we'll, we'll move it forward, but I wanted to mention, um, you know, you signed with the Flyers after that season and sag. We kind of got sidetracked, but um first of all congrats but did you make any big purchases reward yourself other than maybe buying some lights for your car nothing nothing yet i uh so obviously like i had world junior camp and uh that finished right at the start of december and i came home and i think i signed like december 18th or something like that and um january 10th i came here because i was going to come here for two weeks before the ohl season just skate because no one could skate in ontario so they wanted me to skate and stuff and keep developing. So I was going to come down here. So I packed for two weeks and moved down here and um, was in the hotel for two weeks. And then after the two week mark, like the OHL still hadn't announced anything. And they said that we could play in the AHL for a bit. So they moved me into the apartments here. And now, you know, four and a half, five months later, I'm going back home the end of this week at my end of my first pro season. So crazy times for sure. Yeah, it's completely wild, actually. Um, I know no, Millie I mean, I was wanted... actually, he was talking about getting a car, though, so could be getting yeah. a car here soon. Looking looking at that in the summer, I think. All right, there's there's the purchase. Well, that, that fits perfectly, because the reason I ask is, our partners at Gavin Hockey Well Specialists believe that your goals matter. After hundreds of early morning practices and countless hours on the ice or in the gym, you truly earned your success and you deserve to enjoy it. For over 20 years, the team at Gavin has assisted professional hockey players with setting goals and more importantly, providing them with a game plan to achieve them. Whether it's a house, a car, a cottage, or even supporting your family, it's all within reach when you partner with a pro. You can check them out at gavingroup.ca. Now, I also wanted to ask, we touched on it a bit at the beginning, but just the AHL life, like you just brought it up. I just want to know, how do you find the adjustment to the AHL? I mean, just specifically on the ice, like we already talked about kind of the off ice and the lifestyle with you know, older guys and families and stuff, but actually on the ice, how are you finding it? Yeah. I mean, uh, it, it is definitely a big difference. I mean, you are a pro hockey player now, so you're expected a lot more, um, you know, what accountability is a huge difference. I think like, you know what, you're in a junior practice and you're not having a good practice and everyone's kind of messing around, having fun. Like that stuff doesn't really fly here. Um, you know what, you work just as hard in practice as you do in a game here. And that's like legit or else you're going to get ripped. So I just think the accountability and the responsibility for players is held to a lot higher standard for sure. And then on top of that, just the whole aspect of the game, just everything's faster and stronger and more physical for sure. It's, it's a league where you really have to be able to outwork guys and outmuscle guys if you want the puck. Uh, yeah, so we got a few fan questions here. Um, I know we normally get a boatload and uh, nothing changed this week. And we'll start it off with uh, 
kind of the, the one that's set in stone now. Um, what's your stick and the specs on it? So I use uh, the AS3s, the new ones. Mm-hmm. Um, I use 85 flex with a six lie. And uh, I don't know what it is. I used to use the P88 in Bauer. I think it's a P82 maybe in CCN. So I don't know, whatever the cane curve is, I have hands <laughs> like him. <laughs> yeah, pretty similar, pretty similar flares. Um, what's your favorite? Who's your favorite music artist? Who I don't know, because when I was back in SAG with you, like I was huge into rap. Like I was a big rap kid. Twenty One Savage. Yeah, yeah but I, I don't know. <laughs> I've been listening to a lot of country lately. Just a lot of, a lot of easy vibes. But no, I don't even know. I like all sorts of music. But if I had to pin one, I don't know. Low Baby's been good recently. I've, okay. I've liked him. All right. Show bound bomb for little baby. Um, if he's listening, yeah, uh, little baby, <laughs> baby sales after this on his record is going way up now. Yeah. Um, most embarrassing moment on the ice. Mm, on the ice. I don't even know for me or for a friend. Anyone. Sure. I guess. I mean, Fetters was pretty bad at world juniors when he went out with no blades, but no, we already <laughs> told that story. Can't, can't <laughs> need another one uh, for me. I don't know. I mean, some people don't have them. It's fair. Maybe you just don't embarrass I, yourself. Must I've be probably nice. been danced pretty bad a few times in my career. Fair enough. For five in Kitchener. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, Actually, I have one. I have one. I okay. do have one. The worst, the worst one, because only because it was the guy that did it, was right after Steps got traded. You remember that? <laughs> in Kitch. Right after Steps got traded, and like Steps was always like Ryan Stephanie was one of the guys who always hung out with us and he was in our high school class. Steps was he's a funny dude, like he's just a different guy. And so um Steps was always close to us. And I remember like he got traded and all of us were pretty sad about it. And then the first game we played, he came down the wing uh full speed and I kind of gapped up to him and he pulled the puck out like he was going to shoot. So I lunged for it and he toe dragged and put it through my feet and then went bar down on Ivan. And Ooh. he just kind of looked at me and laughed. And I was just like, that did not just happen to me. So I think yeah, that's probably like one, one of the moments for sure. Also, if I'm not mistaken, Millie, when I know we talked about the first game of the season this year in overtime, didn't step score too? This to start like two seasons ago or whatever in SAG when we oh, lost 4 3. I think it was. Oh, didn't, he, didn't he go on like a 10? 10- 10 game heater this sort of year. Every, everyone that SAG trades away just goes on heaters and just ruins us. Especially cards. It, it happens, right? You don't want to, uh, the guy you trade away will just go bar down in overtime like I did on Lenny. So, um, uh, what's, what do we got next year? Remember, wait, wait, remember when Porks went back to SAG after the trade and scored the shootout winner right after, like, first game? Yeah, yeah, it was like it was like the first game after, and I think he started going like this to the crowd or something. Yeah, they were he, was getting, him and stuff. he was getting booed hard too. That was actually funny. Lucky yeah. I didn't go. I'm a hundred percent my career, buddy. <laughs> uh, next, we got Rish Allaire asks, "What does a day look like in the life of an off season?" I butchered that. Okay. What? Let me. Can I read this? Is very. What does a day look like for you in the off season? Okay. Okay. Well, what does a day look like in the off season for you? There we go. I made it my own. Uh, yeah. I mean, That's we uh we train we train in a place called TPH, so we usually work out around eight a.m. or nine a.m. every morning. So I'll get up and 
have breakfast and then go to the gym. And then we usually work out from like nine to 10 and then we'll skate at 1030 till 1130. And so we have a pretty good group of guys there. And then usually we'll have a tea time somewhere with my buddies from back home. So we'll go out and play around and then just kind of hang out and relax for the night. That's pretty, pretty much every day for us. Okay. Maybe a few trips to the bend every once in a while. Yeah. Um, Kian Brushaber, I think I got it right. So if I didn't ask, do you use any wax on your twig? I do not. I've, I've never used wax on my stick. I've always just been a plain skinny white tape. That's it. Pretty Except simple. I, hey, I changed up my knob this year though. Yeah. What do you got going now? Steel guy knob. Oh God. Straight, straight grip tape. <laughs> oh, oh no. Just, and straight, uh, straight painted. Of course you did. Showtime mm-hmm. now. Showtime. Once you hit the taxi squad, all this had to come out. Um, oh, the, have you seen the AS3s? Have you seen them at all in person? Yeah, they're a good-looking stick. So you see how the CCM on it's silver? Yeah, it, it looks shines different. in your eyes when you play. Like when you come skate on. around, it shines oh. in your so, eyes. So you so had I, to I the whole it? CCM logo down, spray-painted black. No, you got to use it to your advantage. Get the angles going and get it in the other guy's eyes. Oh, it's in my eyes when I'm trying to stick handle. I yeah, well, stick handle, so oh, you I shouldn't be looking down. down. Yeah, I mean, your stick handling needs work to start with, so we don't yeah. need another distraction in the way. Yeah. <laughs> um, Josh Mantha asked, and uh, I already know the answer to this one. Uh, who would win in a fight, Cardsy or Millie? Oh, buddy, that wouldn't even be fair. I think, what do you have, zero career? I have, I have zero career fights. Um, if you ask me this question at the end of – um last ohl season i would have said millie now i'm saying me because i have 25 pounds on you but no millie actually man i will there's a here's a good story actually content piece coming content piece um millie's first fight um so i'm suspended i kicked the back of somebody's legs out and did a nice little slew foot um (laughs) so i'm out for two games um millie was making fun of me calling me the punter the kicker all these things. So, so I'm in the crowd, right. And, um, whatever. So then, uh, I'm, I'm actually doing commentary for the game with Joey Botano, um, and Saginaw. And so I'm legit on the air calling the game with him and being the color. Um, so Millie rocks a kid, like legit almost decapitates him. I don't going after, he's going after Fetz the entire game trying to kill Fetz. Yeah. So Millie stands this kid up at the red line. I'm like, Holy like that was a big hit so i'm like wow and then i can remember on the air millie drops the gloves it was ck who you fought too, colton camera who's one of my buddies as well so i'm like i think i said like holy just live on the air um so i'm like i'm like biting my tongue or something like after i'm like but then uh no millie like unreal fight like probably one of the better fights i saw all year between both of them pretty like millie held his own against a guy who fights a lot and probably millie you might probably even won that fight so I, mean, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't know what uh, a switch was at that time, and I remember camera uh, switched to his left. I remember eating a few right in the chin, but uh, you, no. you, you held your own to say the least. And then funniest part about the story was Millie got a suspension, so he was joining me in the press box the night yeah. after. He was he was chirping me about it, and then it, sure enough, there he was with me the next night. Yeah. I got five games for a clean hit. Yeah, that was actually, if we can clip that, that was a huge hit and a great fight. So we might have to make that a clip too, Rask. And um, I mean, so yeah, I think bias opinion, or 
I guess everyone's opinion uh, says I'll win the fight. So that's good. We'll move on to the next. Um, Hudson Fowler asks, any funny moments or memories from World Jays camp? I mean, it was tough. Like, we were locked down in a bubble. So we didn't, like, when we were done at the rink, like, we'd literally just go right back to our rooms and we were not to leave our rooms. Like, they'd come to our rooms and COVID test us in our front doors and stuff like that. And uh, our meals were dropped off at our front door every day. So you didn't really get to go around too much and hang out with anyone too much, but uh, this is kind of funny. So they wanted to do a bunch of um, like team bonding exercises and stuff like that, right? Just to get the boys closer and stuff. So one of their ideas was we're going to do a rock, paper, scissors tournament over zoom. So we had a 64 man rock, paper, scissors tournament. (laughs) And who do you think got the belt? No. Yeah. I, I won the rock, paper, scissors tournament and got my team uh, like a free Oreo McFlurry or something like that during quarantine. So all the boys were pretty fired up. But yeah, it was the best two out of three against every guy you went went against. And I ended up winning the rock, paper, scissors tournament. So I hold the belt right now for that. Who'd you be in the final? Uh, I would be one of the trainers, actually. I remember Zook and I were both in the semis and Zook lost in the semis and I won in the semis. And so I, or no, I played our D coach actually, Mitch Love. That's who, that's who I played in the finals. So that would be something you would win. You win the, you win the one in Philly and now you win that. Oh yeah. (laughs) Any little thing like that, just hand it over to Millie, I guess, before it starts. Um, But (laughs) you want to play a quick game right now? Ready? You want me, me versus you. Ready? On shoot. Okay. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Oh, okay, you're not going to beat <laughs> Millie, man. Millie, Millie, Millie keeps the belt. That's he, the belt, buddy. He might have been a bit lagged, but who cares? We're not going to We're not going <laughs> to fake it here. Yeah. Millie, Millie's still the champ. I got premium Wi-Fi here. Don't worry. <laughs> Top That's of the line. Secret. That's um, hilarious. I mean... Cards, you got anything else, kind of, before we wrap it up? No, I mean you can just tell him about the little uh, little treat he's gonna have in London when he gets home. Yeah, we got a little gift for you for coming on, courtesy of our sponsor, Axel Watches. I'm rocking mine right now, but we're gonna send you a watch. Uh, you can take a look at the website and pick which one you want. We'll send it your way, and you'll be looking really nice. And for the listeners that want to look like Millie with his Axel Watch, you can go to axelwatch.com, use the code AX underscore Showbound for fifteen percent off, and. Uh, I mean, yeah, that's all from me. I really appreciate you coming on. This one was a lot of fun, but uh, cards, anything? Yeah, no, Millie, you're going to be looking good. New Axle Watch, got your furry shoes, um, still a bad haircut, but you know what? Uh, yeah. That doesn't matter when you got the Axle Watch. Uh, like we said about your AS3, man, the light can take uh, take everyone's uh, kind of vision off your hair. I'm butchering words all day today. No, I, yeah. you're, you're making you're the right meaning here. You're struggling. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to put you... Maybe you should get out of bed 10 minutes before the call, eh? <laughs> I was sleeping. I'm sleeping today. I got to uh, got to be more alert. I mean, didn't get a morning skate like you, but they get what I'm saying. The flash of the actual watch will take the view away from your hair and focus on that, and your looks will that's go through that. the roof. So that's what I was trying to say. So everyone go get an Axel watch. And Millie, thanks a lot for coming on. It was a lot thanks of fun. Thanks for having me, fellas. Thanks for having me. It's a blast. I want to thank Millie for that good talking to him and a, a, a longer one, but that was a really good interview. And uh, yeah, I mean, cars, anything you want to say? Yeah, no, Millie's a talker. So uh, we, we ran a little long there and I know we could have been there for days if uh, we got into depth about uh, kind of everything that's going on and his life, my life and our lives together. I mean, kind of 
just a bunch of stories, but uh, no, we got we got the best ones out. A great episode, I think. Um, I Actually, really I, the- I got a sorry to cut you off, but for the like the diehard showbound listeners, that was Millie's second appearance on the pod. Cards, you remember the first? Right. It was he was with Zooks in the hotel before they went to uh, World Juniors camp. Yeah, episode three. So Millie's a vet on the pod. <laughs> well, if you haven't checked it out, go check out episode three because we always appreciate the later clicks on uh, earlier episodes. So definitely go rewatch. I'd say probably every episode if you want. Um, everyone listen <laughs> to this one. Go check them all out again. Might as well. But uh, no, man, I think that pretty much does it for me. Yeah, I mean, uh, that that's kind of all from us. Cards, take it away with the usual outro here. Yeah, no, um, not just much. Throw it to you, me. see what you come up with. <laughs> yeah, no, just throw it over to me, and I'll uh, jumble some words together, and uh, we'll call it an outro. But uh, yeah, no, just thanks everybody, and like I said, uh, you got a lot of time on your hands right now, so go rewatch every single episode. Let us know in the comment section on Instagram or Twitter what you think about all the episodes. Keep us informed. If you ever want anything, let us know. We'll make it happen for you. We're men of the people, as Ras called me earlier. I'll give him that compliment too. Let's go. And that's it for me. Signing off, Ethan Cardwell, Michael Raskin. We're out.